Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking During the Movie. Today, as we hinted in our last podcast, we are doing an unconventional episode. We're not going to talk about the cool news that happened, like the awesome Joker, I'm kidding, that was released. We're not going to talk, we're not going to do a movie review, because nothing really that interesting came out. Um, I disagree. I know, I know. Go on. Well, we didn't have a good idea back then. You should have spoken up, Mike. I did. Oh, by the way, I, and I, this is Mike. Times. This yeah. is Mike. Thanks for the intro and for burying the fact that I wanted to do Ex Machina, but uh, I am also more than happy to discuss this film, which is what, James? This film that we are going to talk about is one we talked about before, and it's The Babadook. And we're not just going to talk about it. We are going to do a commentary track. So feel free to listen along. That's the idea. Uh, we are watching it on Netflix. It just came to Netflix, so we're we're relevant. I promise. Unfortunately, this commentary track was uh, declined for the uh, Blu-ray release of the film that just came out. So I guess we're gonna have to distribute this uh, through other methods. We're still in talks with Essie Davis. Uh, she has got a lot of pull with the producer. I'm told. Sweet so. lady. Sweet lady. Very nice. Um, but in the meantime, it'll just be talking to the movie.net where you are right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're going to start it on Netflix. Watch along with us. Listen to what we have to say. We're going to try to fill as much of the space as we can, or else we're going to delete this and never show it to the world. Yeah. And we are about at two seconds right now each. I'm watching on a shitty tablet and Mike is watching on his computer because he's cooler than me. Yeah. So we are going to do a countdown. We're going to do three, two, one and play. And that's when you play. So, are you ready, Mike? I'm ready, James. Do the countdown. Alright, so we are going to go 3, 2, 1, and play. Fantastic. I don't have much to say about these, uh, these, uh, opening... Opening IFC Midnight? Opening logos here, but, uh, they're, uh, certainly very lovely. Okay, uh, they are. E1 is nice. <laughs> no, there's nothing really to say here. Um, but no, I just, I, just at, at least I know it, that the movie hasn't started yet. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, just just to remind everyone about the Babadook uh, and our feelings about it, not assuming you listen to us. Um, I, I did not like the Babadook very much, at least not as much as everyone thought. Mike is probably up there in that time. Yeah, I'm phrase. up there. I, I, I'm I'm willing to entertain that there was some hyperbole about the Babadook, but I do think it was a very effective, well-made horror film. Uh, it definitely scared me, uh, affected me a lot more than most acclaimed horror films do. So I was I was really impressed. Huh? This I opening watching... shots. Oh, sorry. Uh, this opening shot is. Uh, also what hooked me right away. Uh, how do you feel about it? I think it's insanely well done. It, it's well done. I like the sound. It's probably my favorite part. Um, I didn't really... I don't know. I, it was sort of a... It was a nice way to do exposition, really, because, it, 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 you know, it's not dialogue. It, it, it's, it's it's subtle it's, enough, but not too subtle. Because um, you understand that something happened, but not exact, not the entire significance of it. It's disorienting. It's incredibly disorienting. It, it's not exposition. It doesn't function like exposition. You don't know what it's signifying at this point in the movie. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing. So you do you do get that the 
uh, it, she was in a car accident. You understand that the person she was in the car accident with is no longer here. So, you know, she, the, you know, that's the function of showing her in the bed by herself. Uh, but it doesn't explain the significance that, you know, that she deals with being a parent alone and things like that. So, uh, that's a good thing. You don't need that explicitly articulated for oh, you. Oh, no. And I'm not saying you do necessarily. Um, the, this opening shot to reading the big bad wolf, I think, is that the big bad wolf? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice foreshadowing. Oh yeah. They're asking if they killed the wolf. Uh, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. So this kid is a, um, a point of contention to say the least with, yeah. with my I, feelings about this film. I'm then uh, after I mean, we both revisited this film again before doing this and uh, I still loved it the second time. It was still uh, an incredibly frightening movie, but uh, I do think I maybe undersold how uh, undersold how bad I thought the kid was. Um, and I, I I finally put my finger on it the second time. He just everything about him seems so directed. Yes, you know, like it, you sense the director right behind the camera telling him exactly what emotion to have on his face at that moment. Well, and they and, and they had to at some points, as we had said, as I had said before in the previous podcast, we talked about it. A lot of points later in the film, he's not actually film, he's not actually on this in on set at the same time on camera at the same time that S.E. Davis is, mostly because they didn't want to mostly scar this like six year old. Fair enough, um, right? Fair enough, <laughs> right? Yeah, but so that is just the director saying, "Now you need to be really scared, son." Um, regardless, I did like these establishing shots that show her having to lull her son to sleep and him grinding his teeth and being generally annoying. Um, there are a couple ending moments in this film I'm going to point out, or I'm going to try and point out when they come about, because I I just find them either really impressive and effective or hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to spoil any of these dynamite lines. No, don't. We'll we'll get... uh, yeah, I know. This is the one time we can't really do spoilers. Oh, he's making his, like, MacGyver Home Alone traps here. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, don't break my window, please. And then the window gets broken. <laughs> I mean, look, if you gotta give, I, you got to give credit to these opening scenes in depicting Essie Davis as this incredibly lonely, frustrated person. Just, I've, I've never felt so isolated in like just a, a single person's life she just I don't know everything about her life seems so futile and sad and I your life is fucking depressing I completely identified with her at that in, in these scenes it is though it is depressing no it's it to- so is I'm not gonna uh, uh, like try to say it's not so uh I don't I you know I never understood this this fucking magician thing they play throughout the movie, though. Um, oh, that life is uh, uh, life is a wondrous place. Oh, god! Or right, like, it, it be, we'll it get can there. Also you know, yes. I realized this is a sidebar from the actual commentary in the movie. I realized, Mike, we're we cannot edit this because it's a commentary track. There's no way I can cut this no, we down. Can't. Uh, no, so we can't. we got pressure well, on. Are, are you nervous that you're going to screw up? No, I'm going to make like a Holocaust joke or something, and then uh, it's just going to be there forever. Uh, yeah, you have no idea how insanely awful people we are, um, <laughs> and just cut all of that out. Oh, so this character, I really thought they were going to do more with him. Um, he shows up oh, in like yeah. one scene later, and then he's gone. Um, 
and, and that's fine. Uh, as I said before, I, I'm not I, a guy who wants every character to be interesting. Is, I, I mean, it's like the one lingering possibility of of any sort of sexual uh, moving on in her life. That's, yeah, that's true. It's like completely dashed. Yes, it does get completely dashed by whoever. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, the scene with the principal, or the principal people, or headmasters, I guess, being over in yeah, London. The one, yeah, the ones where they tell her that uh, we never actually landed on the moon, and that NASA just did it to drum up publicity for the <laughs> Shut Cold the War. Fuck up. We're on the wrong <laughs> movie. <laughs> We're not talking about Interstellar. Uh, so this is when basically she's confronted with how her child's acting out, um, and I I like it because you you're totally on her side. Uh, because she's so desperate to, not that she doesn't think her son is awful, but she's so desperate to not have to deal with those consequences of her son being awful. So she's defending him at every, mm-hmm. every opportunity. Well, this is an important aspect of the movie. It it, it kind of alludes to something. You know, it, it's this like weird clash of instincts where. There is the side of her that knows that she has to be a mother to this kid that she, who does love him, who, mm-hmm. you know, is willing to protect him. And there's this, honestly, this other side who just wants to tell him to go fuck off, who yeah. wants to, wants everything she had before he existed. And obviously she's like, they don't ever make it stupid or, uh, you know, have her blame him for uh, what happened to her husband or anything like that. Because people are smarter than that. But it's, there are so many great conflicting emotions with this. And I think, there and yep, there's, uh, he gives a central revelation right here about uh, his, oh. about what happened to his father. Um, and I just, I love the, I love that interplay that goes on throughout the movie. Okay, I do love this. Point. My question, why the fuck did she drop this knowledge like this on her son? Like, I have personal information here. My father died when I, really before I was uh, uh, knowledgeable of that. And he wasn't a big part of my mother's life anyway, so it didn't matter. Um, but I'm a... <laughs> It wasn't like, oh, your yeah, dad died in a brutal car crash while I was on the way to the hospital to deliver you. That is, like, depressing. That is tragic. You don't just throw that on a kid. It, uh, it's true. Also, he, he delivers it so... I mean, I know that the whole point is, like, he doesn't really uh, think about what he says, and he just kind of speaks the truth. But, man, it, even the movie delivers it that information to the audience in such a plain-spoken, matter-of-fact way. <laughs> Yes, like, yeah. I mean, and you already kind of got that with the opening scene. So that's yeah, uh, you did didn't, but you didn't entirely know the context of what you were seeing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so they it's they definitely of, it's explain kind of that very very soon. Obviously, with that scene yeah. that just happened. I know we and, hate doing this by like saying how it should have been, but do you think the film would have been improved if they had delayed that reveal or at least uh, executed it in a slightly different way? That was I've, less plain or less uh, like mo- a little bit more uh, with a little bit more of a storytelling flourish as opposed it, to just spouting it out. It definitely could have been. Um, I want to I want to break away, though, to let let our podcasters know our podcast listeners know that um, if you're desperately trying to hear us over this fucking kid shouting, we're doing the same thing. <laughs> and this is the <laughs> this is the, <laughs> mom, mom. This is like the first of many scenes where he's just awful and you want to, yep, here's the car. Okay. He, you yeah. know, it's better. 
I, I still think it's better than like the the super precious, uh, emotionally simple children that you see all the time. It's true. Um, they definitely went for more depth with this character. I just don't know. That I, I, that's the thing. I don't think they hit the depth. Uh, it's still like I said. It still comes off as directed. It still come. You can still hear the. You, you can you can still hear the. You know what he's being told to do coming off screen. <laughs> there, yeah. I, I see that on just the way he emotes. It's not. I I like this. Some. I like this old lady character. I wish she amounted to more. She doesn't end up doing much. Um, but I originally thought of her when I saw the movie and I was expecting more of a traditional horror film. I, I saw her as the, the old lady who puts in earplugs, That's uh, which is a really big horror movie trope. You know, shit goes down yeah. next door and who's around to hear it except for an old lady who puts in your earplugs or turns off her hearing aid. And she ended up being a lot more than that. They just her, – her interactions will – obviously when that comes up, I have pointed out, but her interactions don't really amount to much and – um, I, I find it funny that that she's also immediately followed by another trope in horror movies, which is that that basement under the stairs. Oh yeah, yeah, the basement. Oh, the dog is right scratching out... at the basement. What could that be? Yeah, it's right out of. I mean, it's in the Conjuring is the most immediate thing that I remember. But oh, it's the also Conjuring just... was way the fuck better though. I mean, in terms of the Every how they used the basement, I would um, say it was. Yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've seen the Conjuring. All right, well, hold on. I, this is the this is the introduction of the Babadook. Of the Babadook. Yeah, which uh, they find in a Baba book, you could say. <laughs> no. I hate you. <laughs> uh, but I thought this was a really good introduction of a of a, a spooky ghost. Uh, you know, a oh, totally agreed. Uh, totally agreed. Even the way this is don't filmed. know where this book came from. And she's reading it, and it it starts to get creepier and creepier until it goes way too far. And then she's like, this is a fucked up book. I don't know why I have this. Yeah, I I mean, honestly, there was a lot of suspense in this scene, because you know that this book is no good. But you don't know know what entirely it's going to, Mm -hmm. how entirely it's going to play out, and... Yeah, it, it's, it, the, it goes very dark very quickly, the book does. But the fact that it starts off simply with no music, like, this, it, it's escalating here, but the fact mm-hmm. that it starts off so simply with no music, uh, oh, is, is really effective. Hold on, a great edit's coming up. This one always makes me laugh. Oh, but the, the harsh transition? <laughs> and it cuts to him crying, and she's, like, reading. Uh, does it live under the bed? It, yep. It's, it's she's reading him a nice little yeah nice tale. little nice little fairy tale story uh, yeah no, that is a nice touch I will say and it's pretty funny and it lets me it lets me sort of laugh at the kid crying instead of just being distracted and annoyed by it so to the film's credit you know. it did something yeah. right um, yeah yeah Mister Mister Babadook uh, yeah, listen I like to the parents out there. If if your kid ever comes up to you with a book that you did not buy them, or that you know someone else, I mean, where, where does she think he got this book? Yeah, what the, the, the who gave it to her? Like, she didn't even ask any of that information, by the way. She's Maybe, like, I got it off the shelf. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I, I completely cut you off there. Go ahead. I can't remember what I'm saying, so don't worry about it. Um, sorry about but, that. Uh, I do like the I do like the aesthetic of the book itself too. Like that it in and of itself is creepy. The blank pages, the font, the the red color on the outside, it's really One... nice. Oh, sorry, I thought you were gonna say something. 
No, I said it's gorgeous and it's wonderful. I mean, gorgeous is probably the wrong word, but... Oh, it's so gorgeous. It's uh, a book about child murder, basically. Shut up. It's... It goes so well with tone. Her, like, TV-watching segments are another one that's kind of weird. I mean, I get that she's just going through life in mundanity. I I appreciate that, but, yeah. Go on. I like how there's a romantic scene right here, and uh, immediately she goes to... Yeah. <laughs> some sort of fulfillment well, and, let's not build it up <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she, little... she's a romantic scene she turns off TV yeah, she's about to find out that uh, sexual fulfillment and children are incompatible well this this scene is actually it actually foreshadows um, a later part in the movie um, because it too lacks a satisfying conclusion ugh Wow. Wow. I'm proud of you. <laughs> You're what? I'm proud of you. That was, oh, good. That was great. I was like, how long is it going to take? I'm not going to do that, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, no, we will get as there. If you, as, as if you didn't need another reason to dislike this kid, he is also... Uh, a major cock block. Major cock block, or mm-hmm. whatever the female equivalent of that is. I, I don't want to try. I think it's still cock block. I mean, come on, that's okay. just a general term. You can, vibrator you can cock block, including S.E. Davis. A vibrator block, I guess, is more accurate. Yeah. Oh, um, oh I like how he goes to this, like, quaffle, basically. Yeah. We should probably keep talking over S.E. Davis masturbating, because otherwise we're just going to seem like perverts. Yeah, we're just going to... So, think not, of something to talk about. Oh, there we go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There it is. Oh, God. <laughs> I love a reaction. Just, no. Oh, no. no. You shut the fuck up right now, you little pisser. The Babadook. No, no, no. Lay down, shut up, we're going to bed. <laughs> uh, uh. She just does not give a shit about anything else right now. Yeah, no, it is, seriously, she was almost there, you could tell. Yeah. It's just like, children, in most inopportune times, are, yeah... Uh, and this kid especially. What direction is effective enough where that I feel like I just lost a climax too? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I... <laughs> yeah, I can't give away too much of the climax. So uh, the climax of the movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, but uh, these shots in the so this is when the the horror starts, like the the horror. They got these these shots in the uh, dark house and stuff like that. They go back to this a lot and. This is some of the stuff that didn't work too well for me. Um, wait, is this the dog? Is this the dog one? The dog one? The, uh, I don't know. There, there's this, there's nothing this... happens to the dog in this one. No, 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 no nothing happens to the dog. Uh, sorry, spoiler, guys. Something happens to the dog. It's a horror movie. Um, you should probably know. I mean, look, if you're watching this with commentary, you should have probably seen the movie already. You don't want to jack off talking over your movie if you've never seen it. Just, just saying. <laughs> It's funny that you call us jackoffs given the scene we just watched. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was two count of two masturbation jokes in we'd one. Yeah, we got we got to move on. We got to uh, move on. No, I know, see, look, look, I, I know you're saying that 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 those established they're not establishing shots. Those uh, shots of the house don't work for you. I I really love the fact that honestly, I think you could cut out about I don't know maybe fifteen or twenty minutes from this movie and everything supernatural and it would be gone. 
and then it just becomes no, and it then just becomes a movie about this this widow dealing with grief and yeah. and and trying to trying to simultaneously love and despise her child. Okay, no, I I can I can agree with that. There's one spot in the film I'll point to it when we get there that just that it doesn't play no matter which way you you spin it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, and and you know I, I very well may agree with you. I, I I am I'm admitting I think this film was subject to hyperbole. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's not perfect in its craft. And actually, I, I've I've said I feel like a movie like it follows is much better. It's it's a much better crafted film, a much better directed movie. Mm-hmm. This is this was more viscerally scary to me. I, I did like this. I loved this how she's like. Bitterly doing the bingo thing. Five billion. Five billion. I would have five billion. And, and and honestly, I got really upset when that woman was just looking at her with scorn because can't she just have that? Just, yeah, just, it's like she can't even get one thing. Her one moment of like catharsis at her work in front of senior citizens who don't even well. know any better anyway. Yeah, they all have Alzheimer's clearly or something. <laughs> I mean, they're in like a care facility or just so. apathy. No, no one's happy to be there. No. Yeah. Uh, no one was, was like particularly offended. It didn't seem like, except for her no. boss. I honestly just I root for her to get any amount of joy that she can. <laughs> I know, and especially with the. It's like she has no escape because she has this, uh, and the film yep. does such a good job with this because she has really nowhere to go uh, to sort of release her emotions that are all like built up. Uh, so. You know, I'm I'm with the film. The thing is, like, for a, lo- a large portion of the intro, I'm with it. So, and I will, and I'm with it through this point, even even when she's talking to this character who also doesn't amount to much. But well, well he doesn't need to. We've already established that it doesn't. Yeah, have, he does not need to. No, his role in the film is to That's... his role in the film is to give her an excuse to stay home with her kid and where all the creepy stuff happens. Um, I'm personally not of the opinion that every character needs to be developed. No, and I, I I've said that before, so don't worry. I'm 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 with you. I'm just describing his role as very very plot driven. Absolutely, his role is a function of what she desires out of life. I don't know. Just I, as I, that I, shot of the couples kissing in a car is is just something that she wants out of life. It, it mm-hmm. so much of this film is dictated by what Essie Davis is missing. Of longing what she's, for yeah. what she's what she's lost and longing for and and while she's while she's watching these what should interrupt her uh but i uh, call about her fucking son <laughs> fucking son yeah 10 missed calls yeah is that is it that's her sister right i've i had, didn't get that it is. wrong right yeah okay yeah yeah and uh yeah the kid, the kid again <laughs> he, abrupt uh, cut they, yeah they do it <laughs> They do a good job, though, showing that every time she's finding joy or at least longing in joy, she's interrupted by her child. Um, I'm a bit curious, though, is that he smashes fire, a firecracker in front of her after uh, her sister's telling him about uh, telling her about how awful he was, and she waits till they're driving home in the car to ask him where she got those firecrackers. I know. <laughs> Would you get those firecrackers? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was just, like, angry and upset the whole time uh, before then. Yeah. Been. Oh, yeah, this is... <sighs> When it eats your insides, he's so he's so much angst, and for me the angst doesn't play 
and maybe it's part of my own experiences as I've alluded to before um it's just he's so angsty about not having a dad uh, and resenting his mom it's like you've never known your fucking father like what are you upset about you have a, this picture of him you don't have yeah. where are you getting these idealized images of your mom and love and this happy time you were you were fucking nothing when he died you were inside somebody else yeah i feel like there are times where samuel is basically there to uh make I, I mean, he, he's there to linger these things in front of Essie davis even though they don't make any sense for his character and i mean you know we talked about how many other elements in this film are just are, are just things dangled in front of Essie davis's face but i really feel like the son does need to be more developed he's he's the one who is going through this with her um although at this point in the movie you're honestly not sure if he's the fucking babadook she <laughs> <laughs> might as well be the fucking Bob. Like, I don't, i'm not sure which one's scarier to be honest Oh, and this and this is then the last scene that you ever see this guy in. Uh, to my yeah, knowledge. the kid ruins that too. The kid ruins this yeah. potential. No, his issues. guy comes over. He's really sweet. He brings over a puzzle piece, and then and then he fucking ruins it. He says, "So oh, I'm not sick. Uh, Mom thinks I'm weird." Oh, that was a powerful. That was a powerful line which she's talking about. She's just sort of letting it all out, unleashing her her truckload of uh, shit on this guy who's trying to help, and he is not fucking prepared, so he gets the fuck out. Um, and then you never see him again, and she probably never sees him again either, uh, because of this moment. Nope. It's it's really sad. Sorry. Even sadder reason. is uh, even sadder is what has become of her prized uh, or her you know her sentimental belongings in the basement things that belonged to her late husband that the kid is promptly ruining you won't even let me have a dad <laughs> what where are you yep. getting this angst I, yeah, that's then, what that's what happens yeah I, maybe it's because he, she kept this basement of stuff that's the only thing i could way i can reconcile in my head because she kept this this basically her basement as a shrine to her husband that her son sort of uh, latched onto that, you know, he was curious about it. Maybe she's already, she's clearly told him probably more than she should have. And then he gets into this stage that it's almost like he's in his terrible twos or his uh, preteen angst and he's six or seven. Yeah. How... yeah. I think he's, yeah, I think that's about right. Um, maybe five at the youngest. Oh, the glass but... and the soup. Sorry, go on. He, <sighs> Yeah, I, his, I don't know. I'm, I am pretty interested in how he views his late father, who he never knew. Like, is he? I feel like he's just he. He feels like it's just this thing missing in his life, but he never really attaches sentiment to it. He brings it up, uh, really surreptitiously, and doesn't really have any emotional attachment to it. He's just like, well, I want a dad. I don't have a dad, and I want one. Yeah, it's just like that's that to me is an emotion you get when you're like 12, 13, you're going through puberty and you're all these conflicting emotions. I I don't even know what I cared about when I was six. Yeah. So it it is sort of it's almost like how you it reminds me of how you described Bane in uh, The Dark Knight Rises as just he's a is a plot device obstacle for Batman to get over. And that's sort of this kid he's placed in there to 
have an effect on Essie Davis, who's clearly the main and probably only character, if you think about it. Sure. And that's the thing. I, I, she... She essentially is, and that's why I'm okay with so many of the other things that are set up as obstacles for her. Um, but the son needs to be a character with her. Do you want to die? Uh, <laughs> that line is lines. awesome. <laughs> it comes we've, out of nowhere. It's just like, you've been quoting that all day. It's <laughs> you can Do quote you want to die? Yeah, it's you can quote that all the time. That's like it's like a Bane line, you know. <laughs> there's no there's no situation where that's not a good line to, to quote. <laughs> yeah. Angry at someone. Do you want to die? Do you want to die? <laughs> you meet a Patriots fan. Do you want to die? <laughs> <laughs> not a sports podcast. Sorry. <laughs> when I propose to James, we do ex machina. Do you, you want to die? die? <laughs> no, I'd, I'd be fine to see an ex machina. Whatever. Uh, but, time for that, James. The... Okay, these sounds after the cabinet fell down and she's looking for a son, does it sound like a, a child screaming from another dimension? No, no, I got that exact feeling. I was like, is this her? I was like, saying, wait, help, cabinet help. Fall... He's, like, he's like in the nether region and... <laughs> I know. That's what I was. I almost thought it was like if the cabinet was like metal, and his he was yeah. under the cabinet, just like echo. His screams were echoing off. Yeah, I thought we were gonna go into a. Yeah, uh, you know, it was very weird, almost a little jarring to be honest. These scenes you're getting, um, and you tear the book up. And then the movie ends because she tore the book up and the what? Babadook was defeated. <laughs> this is one of those things. It's it's this things like that have been done. By the way, really good editing choice when they uh, when she put the garbage can on and then all those weird noises stopped. I like that. They do that a few times and I think it works every time. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely a horror movie trope when they when someone just tries something very futilely to stop it. Mostly, it's destroying something that they see as the catalyst, and that is like that's not going to work because there's still like 60 minutes left in this movie. Um, <laughs> if for no course. other reason than there's 60 minutes no left other. in this movie. Right. I you know I think I'm coming to a, a conclusion. I want to stick to and that Babadook is a Babadook is a film of editing. It's a film that's effectiveness comes from its editing, whereas a movie like It Follows comes from its cinematography. Hmm. I like that. I like that. No. And okay, so when in, in every horror movie, when you're waiting for waiting for the bumps in the night to really happen, they really make that the focus. I think like Paranormal Activity. Like if this was Paranormal Activity, you'd see a weird thing happen every night until it got better. You know, that's exactly what you saw. Um, but. Babadook is focusing more on the characters, and while weird things could happen the night and kind of do, it's not really it's not the overall focus. Like that's why they have these day scenes where she's at this party and uh, her son's again fucking everything up. Um, and yeah. it's effective. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, it follows is kind of like this building up of tension and and this like voyeuristic exploration of horror. Uh, for me, the Babadook, there's never a moment in it that's not scary. Um, and not for traditional horror reasons, obviously, but uh, seriously, the, the whole film's just, like, seeped in this, like, dour 
sadness for me and and like Essie Davis's existence from the beginning of this movie is frightening to me. It just it seems so tr- like like such a trap and that's an inescapable one at that. But uh, Essie Davis biting back in this scene was honestly really satisfying. Um, it was great. Yeah, there's oh, a, there's another fighting back scene I will I think we'll both point out later. Um, yeah, and uh, I wasn't in a theater when I saw it, but uh, I clapped. That's a real tragedy. Don't have time to go to the gym anymore. How do you cope? It was great. Um, yeah, and she was saying, "Oh, I work with disadvantaged women," and she calls her out for like, "Are you just are you just call it like pointing out? Are you pigeonholing me basically, putting me in this shell of oh, you're a disadvantaged women? I've worked with people like you before, so I can completely sympathize yep. with you. That's not how that works, and you shouldn't act like it. No. Oh, this get... little bitch deserved. Yeah, to be I was out of the say... treehouse. <laughs> Yeah, how do you feel about the scene with the kids? I just, I don't think. Do you think kids are this mean? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean that's the thing. The, the the director, this movie hates kids a lot. Yes. Um, to the point where they are just these like creatures of malice and want and need, and you just can never satisfy them, even though they're constantly asking for things, and you can. It, well, it, it, I think it's kind of pick on other kids and. Well, Go I ahead. think it's kind of funny that, um, you know, her sister's giving her so much parenting advice, and she clearly has this like bitch of a kid too. So it's not like, yeah, she's yeah she spoils her rotten but, with these but, Barbie but, doll parties and things like that, and yeah. then she's but still she's a not, shitty human being. Go she's on. She's not mean in a weird way though. Yeah, she's that's oh. Weird. Yeah, your kid's weird, so my kid's just mean. It's normal to be mean. <laughs> oh, it's easy to ignore like, a kid being uh, mean. It's not easy to ignore died, so kid. he didn't have to be with you. That's, <laughs> so, that's just a to... fucked up thing to say. And honestly, to me, it's not anything a kid would ever say. I I, 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 I forgave it more in this film because it's just a sight of kids you don't see as often. I feel like yeah. people are to filmmakers usually too preoccupied making kids precious um but <laughs> oh no it reminds God, me there's actually a donald it feels glover no line less directed about this. to me no what it feels oh. no less directed to me and i know the donald glover line you're talking about yeah yeah it's like that's why your mom's in a wheelchair mom's in a fucking wheelchair you can say that <laughs> Oh, this scene was pretty effective for me because I expected it to just be a kid yells and screams again and then they drive home, but then he he's clearly yeah. seeing the Babadook right now yeah. and I do, yelling on, at I, I think he did a pretty good job of having a seizure. Yeah, I will say the scream right before the seizure was almost comical. He's like, get out, get out! Ah! <laughs> um, yeah, the... Uh-huh. This yeah, because of scenes like this, it it broaches comedy way too often, way more often than it wanted to. Um, but yeah, it was a very effective. Like, oh, now he's having this medical issue, so then you're concerned for him. It, they played well with that. So, and honestly, the Maybe. scene of him like being analyzed by the doctor is just as powerful because you're seeing it through sort of her eyes, not his. And it's helpless. It's completely helpless. You can't. She can't do anything. And oh, they, and she like. Begs the doctor for drugs. So desperate. Just any, just any drugs. Like, these aren't going to help him. He's just going to put him to sleep. 
I'll, I'll the doctor, uh, the doctor's so like morally conflicted because he's like, uh, I don't just want you to give drugs so you can sedate your child, but you're also clearly a, a hot mess. However, at this point in the movie, I am so with Essie Davis that I, I just, you know what, good, just give it that little shit any amount of drugs it need it takes to. to keep. <laughs> I love how you're saying it. <laughs> it, it, it follows. And it is that little bastard. Oh, man. See, now that would be a scary movie. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> We're talking about true horror. <laughs> every every time the, Mike and Monroe is... <laughs> it's just the same movie, except instead of this uh, silent creature stalking them, it's this little little kid uh, walking after them, just going, Do you want to die? die? <laughs> that would be terrifying. <laughs> No, I'm I'm willing after the second viewing and and this one right here, I'm willing to uh, admit I I think I I let too much of the kid's performance go the first time. It it is maybe a bigger problem than I gave it credit for. I yeah, still well, I think Essie Davis should have gotten a fucking Oscar nomination. No, a lot of people were saying that, and I can agree with that because I I can't think of a better better performance of just a more desperate, beaten down, broken person. Um, there's never a dishonest moment from her honestly yeah no i never see something where it's like oh her acting shows through rather than you know it's it's all character and i love like i do like it does legitimately generate sympathy and i feel really bad for her but i never get the sense of her pandering to that in her performance she's never she like she is tired exhausted empty uh, but she never plays i feel like she never overtly asks for your sympathy she never requests it in her and anything from her like the way she presents herself her face it's all she kind of maintains this like dignity is probably the wrong word but she's never pandering for audience sympathy which i really respect that's very true even in even in place even in uh scenes like this where she's like basically like lying to her son you know like oh, <laughs> i just want to put you to sleep i really don't care about your fears with the babadook <laughs> it's like i want you to sleep i want to get a nice good night's sleep look parental guilt is a major theme in this movie i <laughs> yes and they, they play that the really point? well what is the point what is the point where you don't feel bad giving your shit son tranquilizers to uh, put oh he loves his mom Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, can, now, can you love your mom for me, son? <laughs> oh, yeah, Essie Davis is your mom. <laughs> I love you, mom. No, 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 sweetie, not your actual mom. Look up. That's your mom. Oh. <laughs> Wait, where's my mom, then? Where's my mom? <laughs> we, we've done away with her for now. <laughs> Have her back when you do the scene. Do you want to die? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, and th this these scenes of her falling into the empty bed, I like, I like them. They're they're definitely pretty artsy fartsy, but they make a good point. I don't care. It's, they're not artsy fartsy. They're, I mean, they are, but they they legit <laughs> something. They're not. They, no, look to me, artsy fartsy is something that's oblique without a uh, purpose. It's pretentious. It's not. There's that's no. Fair. It. And these are there's totally reasons behind it. I would have actually been okay if this film was a bit more abstract. 
Yes. No, they definitely try to get to the specifics far too much, far too often. And, uh... I mean, I, I, they don't get bogged down in exposition about the Babadook, which I, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Um, but there's not usually too much of a line drawn between what's sort of like metaphorical, metaphysical, and what's actually plaguing this house. And this this is the point where it stops being the kid who interrupts her happy time, and it starts being this creature, the Babadook, if you will. Uh, because, yeah, it's mysterious knock on the door, no one's there, um, then, oh, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's the scene of... <laughs> Well, well, later in the kitchen with the the bugs, um, they're crawling through. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, the book the book coming back, of course, as I said, you you knew that was gonna happen. You didn't know how it was gonna happen, and I think that was an effective way to bring it back. It totally was. I, it... And then the yeah, it had more in it. I loved that it had more in it. Totally, the Babadook is grief, everybody. That's what the Babadook is. <laughs> The more you deny, the stronger I get. But yeah. is it grief? It oh, is. And, it's and then just, let's just have the book foreshadow everything that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> See, it's doing our job for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just have an exposition. And, and then and let's have the book do what we've wanted to do this whole movie. And strangle <laughs> that strangle fucking kid. kid. Hey, the dog didn't do anything wrong, though. The dog... Actually, you know what? The... There is an unspoken rule in horror movies that you do not kill the dog. That's that's just a common rule. I think it was. Oh, I thought I thought the rule in horror movies was that you do kill the dog. <laughs> oh, it's not at all. Like that's like that's actually routinely considered out of bounds, just not fair play um, on the part of the serial killer um, or the slasher. Just... But the... Oh yeah. Go on. Oh, well, it's just I find it funny that. Uh, the Babadook joins uh, such influential films as Halloween in breaking that rule. Yep. Uh, the I will say that this doesn't make sense in this one. I want to wait till this this actually happens um, to talk about it more. But that re- you... so remind me because I did not like the the dog part in this movie. I don't think it worked. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I I'm kind of. I think I can maybe tell where you're going to go with that, but we'll get back to that when it actually comes up. Yeah, for sure. That'll make sense. Uh, and where are we now? Turns out, turns, out that, turns out that this was actually just the Zodiac Killer. The Zodiac Killer. God, some sound effects in this movie are really effective. Um, oh. Original and organic, but... Dude, uh, this may be a very bad time, uh, but your your mic's kind of sounding like the Babadook. I don't know if you want to unplug, replug, or hang up and call again. Uh, oh, oh, okay. You've been, you've been, you've been sounding a little bit, a little bit uh, uh, electronic, too, um, throughout the recording, but it's been, like, it's been like completely audible, audible but, but I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, all right, so we record. should pause... Okay, sorry about that, guys. We had a bit of technical difficulty, um, but we're going to try to make this as seamless as possible and just go right back into it. And, yeah, um, we're at this de- another desperate scene at the police station where she sees a spot of the uh, Babadook and decides that the whole thing is off. 
I don't know why. Classic horror trope. The police not only cannot help, but they do not care at all. They're yeah, they're mostly the incompetent, like poking holes in this story. And it's like, oh, someone's harassing me. Well, do you have proof? Okay, bye. Uh, bye. Um, yeah, but I don't understand why she saw the image of the Babadook, kind of, and then was like, never mind. I think you guys are corrupt. That was sort of the vibe <laughs> I got. She's like, do you think they are influenced by the Babadook? Just, uh, I don't know. Oh, and, and, she, and she was... The, the old lady again, this is part of a good character because she talked about how she has Parkinson's immediately with with her son who is very open about the things that's, that are ailing him and her, his mother. So, I, yeah. Uh, her character, as I said, really interesting. And they do give her, I think, a fair bit of weight, but when you think about it, it doesn't really amount to anything, as I said. No, it's not, it's, not, it's not really fair to put much weight in characters that aren't, uh, <laughs> that aren't Essie Davis or her son. I know, but I think if there's a if there's a second character, another character that's given probably the second most weight, it's not to the son, it's to the I mean, sorry, if it's not her it's, or son, if, it's the old lady. Yeah. You know, she's Oh yeah, this is the kitchen scene. This is the scene. Yep. Yep. This is another thing that's again not her son, so I like that the film is uh doing a little bit different. It's not because yeah, I was worried it was just always going to be the son and then creepy it's stuff is going to happen at night and mm-hmm. you know Sun would annoy by day. Creepy stuff happens at night. It was it, it was looking pretty formulaic, but then stuff like this I, happened, I, which is actually just going insane, basically. It, it's a smart enough movie. It plays with tropes. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I, I like I like this scene because it it was just her. You got to you got to see as an audience her kind of losing her mind over this whole thing. Yeah. Because uh, she goes through this whole thing like, oh, I got bugs. I need to uh, clean this up real good. And this is a fear and this of mine. is this cultural thing is maybe lost on me because I don't know if like maybe the uh, the principals like called CPS or whatever, um, but I don't I don't think I didn't know that you know people like administrators or whoever showed up at your door if you held your kid out for three days or so. Oh like, yeah, I don't know. Um, is that a law over in London? I don't know. They're in Australia, dude. Oh, Australia, whatever. <laughs> it's all the same racism yeah. and such uh-huh. and xenophobia. They're not. Uh, they're not us. Yeah, they're not that you're US. Pretty, that you're regretting. <laughs> that you're regretting. We can't edit now. I am. I am. Regardless. I have a question. I have a question. Look on the shelf. Uh, there is a red book. That appears. I'm not sure if that's supposed to be the Baba Duck, the huh. Baba Book, the Baba Book. That was so good. I, I'm proud of myself for that uh, one. Yeah, good job. Uh, oh, yeah. I never noticed that before. There are actually a couple red books on a couple different shelves, um, and I'm not. I, I remember it stood out to me the first time I saw it. I'm like, wait, is that the book? That it's a back, and I couldn't quite tell. And I still can't. It's it's probably not supposed to be, but it's. I feel like it stands out enough to at least give you a little jolt of yeah. you know, realization of the potential. I want to point out though, this her son has the in this scene specifically, and he has that knack for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. James, says, he's just being he's just being honest. He's uh, speaking his mind. He wakes up and says, "I'm tired from the drugs mom gave me." <laughs> He says to these people who are dis- who are clearly deciding whether or not to uh, declare this mo- mother incompetent and take her. Do child you want to go to a foster home? 
which, uh, uh, as we will see in the ensuing sequences, may not be such a bad idea. Yeah, actually, that's uh, that's way our options. <laughs> that might be for the best. Can Essie Davis go to Foster Home too? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just burn this house down. Yeah, I don't know. And, but yeah, she. I I that I love that that scene showed how crazy she was going. That oh, I, there was never a hole in the fridge, or was there? Because I did. I tore off the wallpaper. There were no bugs. But what was I cleaning up then? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is the first time you see the Babadook. But, is it really? Uh, oh yes, yeah. It, yeah it she is. looks up and he's in the background. Bum bum bum. Honestly, I don't. How did that bowl break? By the way, that this jarred me the second time I watched it. Not that it's significant by any means. She dropped it in a in a sink full in of a, water. A sink of water. Yeah. How did that bowl break? I think it hit the edge of the. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's not like I care that much. That's the real. That's the that's the real supernatural elements in this in this yeah. uh, film. This this is unacceptable. I will not stand <laughs> for this sort of plot holes. <laughs> Uh, James, you're right. No, I can totally understand why you thought this movie was overrated now. Yeah, just bowls don't break where they hit water, okay? Ugh. Duh. Oh. I, I think we're getting to the sequences now that caused you... I mean, the beginnings of the sequences that, are, that caused you to refer to this as uh, the shining light, or diet the shining. Diet shining, yeah. It was shining diet light, shining. either way. I do like how she this I, I like the reversal in this scene though how she's trying to keep her son awake because yeah. she's kind of frightened now so instead of the other way around where where she's just trying to go to sleep and he's uh, you know annoying the crap out of her yeah um very I will say the very very effective um horror thing here before the bob duck starts making her actually go crazy you know go kind of mad go kind of diet shining these are some very effective sequences and totally yeah i they honestly like chilled me to the bone uh when i first saw them uh with they're the... very minimal i i i they're beautifully minimal they're like anti-sam raimi which i love sam raimi but it's kind of interesting the amount of range you can uh, you can uh, have in your style and your approach to a haunted house. Yeah, no, the, the scratching on the door and then it's just the dog, but then the do- they scratch on the door again. It was so good. It's one of those things like I kind of saw it coming, but I was scared of before it actually happened. I was scared of knowing that it was going to happen. I was like, no, 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 because uh, <laughs> she's like, oh, okay, just the dog. Go back to bed, and it's like you hear the scratching on the door again. And yeah, this is one of the. I think it's it might be the most effective scare in the movie, just knowing something's not right, and, and knowing exactly yeah. what it is. Um, yeah. But then he just comes in the room. I don't know. If, I don't know if I like that part, but still, the overall there the scene are... very effective. Yeah, the movie has problems when it like directly uh, when it stares directly at horror. I think when it examines the implications of horror, it's much better it's much more effective that is an intelligent way of putting it i i, I appreciate that yeah i it just no then this is probably one of those moments because it's the same it starts off very subtly but then i don't know what this uh this crawling over the ceiling in like a two frames per second thing is um i do i, I well look the movement is jarring because it's not natural it's it, it but 
there are certain elements where you can tell they're just using basic film techniques that everyone should know by now to scare you. Yep. Yeah, as, as much just... of an unconventional horror film this is, it, it it falls back on conventional horror movie tropes a few a few times that are pretty distinct. Well, yeah, when it's trying when it's trying to say, "Ooh, look at this thing. We're going to scare you with it." Yeah, it's I feel like it's maybe less secure than its just ability to create an atmosphere of uneasiness and uns, you know, to unsettle the audience that way. And so the Babadook is inside her now. And this is sort of, as Mike predicted, kind of where the movie starts to lose me. It starts to sort of tread too familiar territory to me. Um, and maybe that's just because I love The Shining. Um, yeah. It just felt like this movie wanted to be The Shining. How, how, how did you feel about this sequence? The, um, the, Babadook, the Babadook showing up. In these, yeah. How how did you feel about? It? I, I to me it was a fair precursor to uh or not precursor it was a it was a great follow up to the the sequences of her reading the book earlier. I thought they were great, really effective, and just no. eerie. I, I don't know seeing it incorporated into these Forrest Gumped into these old films. Uh, <laughs> Forrest Gumped, that's good. Uh, my question: What the fuck was she watching? That, that... Yeah, it, what what channel? I'm. What show is this? It's kind of like up. these freak show, like black and white I, movies that are. I, 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 honestly, the Babadook fits perfectly in with that crowd. So, look, uh, I, I fancy myself a film buff, and I do not know what film that is. If it even is a pre-existing film, it looks like something George Milliers would have made if he's like on acid or something. <laughs> it's a, a, you know, that's something to be said for for George. Uh, if he was on acid, this is Pop, Papa George. That's a Hugo reference, by the way. Yeah. Um, Hugo. Oh my God! My favorite line in the entire movie is about to uh, is about to happen. Yeah, well, because he fucking deserves it. He fucking deserves it. Uh, I love this shot, by the way. I I love this shot. Yeah, because he's not in focus at all. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. You're entirely on her face. He is this thing in the background, but he's not even. I love how it's handled because he's not being obnoxious. He's not screaming. He's not being that kid that we hated from earlier. And he's honestly, wanting food is perfectly reasonable. <laughs> no, he's this this little kid is actually hungry. This is the point where she, it the weight kind of gets on her, or shifts over to her. She's breaking. And refusing him even, like, basic things that a kid should have. And that was the line. If you're so hungry, yep. why don't you go and eat Go eat shit! I don't know. I, it, it, this reminded me of the sequence of The Shining where he's he's typing in the big room. And he's like, do you, do you hear this? Do you hear what I'm doing? Uh, <laughs> Every time you come in here, you're distracting me. Then I have to work to get back to where I was. Exactly. Yeah, the, uh, clacking on the typewriter. Yeah, um, and it was something that you didn't really see that you would you would have that anger in him alluded to before, but you never saw that in him. And this was the first time that it it had sort it had sort of reared its ugly head. Um, and this one is very it's it's very detached from that. So I, I heard what you were saying before when you said that it's, the comparisons aren't as clean as I was trying to make them. Um, because no, she, there's a there's a progression here. Yeah, and you can tell the whole time she is sort of possessed by the Babadook in this case. Not really literally, I guess, 
or maybe. Um, well, that's, okay, that's another thing I do enjoy though, and I'm sorry, really sorry to cut you off. I just that's fine. I love. It's not like oh, look at this moment. She is possessed by the Babadook. She is just evil now. It it grows into that. She mm-hmm. eventually brings out the side of her that like just does want to like screw my kid. I'm going to kill him. But she doesn't. She has to get there. It's it's not. It clearly comes out of her. You can just say, "Oh, she's possessed." It made her do it. But there's clearly a development going on within her that gets her to that place. Yeah. Which is why I think you can cut out the supernatural stuff in about ten or like fifteen or twenty minutes, <laughs> and it just becomes about parental guilt evolving into just a vitriolic oh, hatred of your kid. Uh, this is when she crashed the fucking car. Yep. But the Babadook made her do it. The Babadook. The Babadook did it, Mom. Okay, this is one of these things, and I'll bring this up. But the Babadook, we we said it before. The Babadook is her grief. Um. Now, yeah, is it just her grief? Is it an actual physical entity? We don't really know, and honestly, the film doesn't no, make it look, very it's, clear. It's, it's it's clearly, I mean, I think it's to both to some extent. I'm just, I, that's what it comes out of. I think that's its symbolic resonance in the movie. Yeah, the thing is, if it is supposed to be just her grief, scenes like scenes like this where she just like drives off, she, the car goes crazy, and she crashes into it crashes into another person. Grief doesn't make you do that. Alcohol does. Uh, you know? yeah. But you're not just very sad. It's like, oh, I was really sad, so I uh, drove off the wrong side of the road and crashed in your car. Uh, sorry. Well, look, it's clearly a supernatural element to it, but that, that's what it comes out of. I mean, it, the director realizes it's, it's effect. Jennifer Kent. I keep saying the director. Uh, yeah, Jennifer you know, Kent. Is right. a... Jennifer Kent's, who uh, this is her debut feature. I'm really excited to see what comes out of her career because um, I think that she showed a lot of talent and promise with this one. Um, mm-hmm. And she understands that good horror comes out of real human feelings and emotions and fears um so yeah the, the babadook is a supernatural entity but it's born out of this very human uh, idea of grief and this honestly i think this notion that i uh, i think more parents would be more willing to forget about where I, i'm not a parent neither are you i i do feel though like, that like at, at times there would be this tension in your relationship with your child <laughs> particularly if you had a relationship with your child like it's depicted in this movie Yes, this, this this push and pull of how you actually it, it, like trying to repress all the negative feelings about your kid. Yeah. I don't know. I I like when I I think I keep going back to it follows, but I think it follows did a, did a much better job of making the the thing chasing them, the thing following them, both a representation and a uh, um, a physical entity that you know it's i can i can sort of look at it either way individually if i wanted to um and this one you really yeah i you get can't that. separate them i get that um i kind of i guess for me i enjoyed the messiness of the babadook it doesn't necessarily fit together cleanly and that's kind of more it's more mysterious and scary for me that way it mm. it's not entirely clear what it is it doesn't 
and there's not an easy way to approach it. Whereas it, it follows, I feel like it's a very, it's simultaneously a very literal thing. It has uh, thematic significance, and there are very concrete rules that it follows. Whereas yes. the Babadook doesn't have that really. And I, I, I enjoy that there is not a lot of exposition about it. There's mm-hmm. nothing. Where did it, where did it come from? Does every grieving widow in this world find a Mister Babadook, a Mister Baba book, and like <laughs> have this thing like them? It it's not explained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really make se- sense. That's the thing. Like for me, it just doesn't make sense. If it's trying to be, if it's trying to be a, I, I'm a representation that a of grief, why doesn't it happen to everybody? I'm saying that as a positive. I know you're saying it as a positive. <laughs> I don't see it as a positive. <laughs> just because the lack, the lack of sense it makes, and, and not just sense in like the physical realm, but sense in like filmmaking you, you don't find, decisions. You also. don't find that more terrifying, though, that you can't rationalize, that it doesn't make sense, that you can't put rules on it. It just is this, this presence that comes out of this innate human feeling that everyone experiences. But it doesn't come out of everyone's experience. You know, it's like I, the the idea of the idea of being a single mother to someone you you know when you expected to have a partner is is scary, and I understand that. Um, oh, sorry, I'm, I didn't. I got distracted because Essie Davis about to go all Jack Nicholson on her son. Oh yeah, mm. <laughs> not completely. Honestly, there's a line that's almost completely stolen from <laughs> The Shining. <laughs> At least it's in the very same vein. Um, but uh, that doesn't know what's coming up because I actually don't know which one you're referring to. Oh, um, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but yeah, yeah point comes up. Yeah. Um, but no, this is a point where she's clearly getting very crazy, and he is tuning into the fact that by my mom is not really my mom anymore, not entirely, um, or the things she's doing aren't really her fault. That's the thing, though. Um, and speaking of coming out of genuine human interactions, I mean, no one's mom is just their mom. There is another side. To, there's a whole person there. And I think mm-hmm. it's really easy to turn a blind eye to a part of that. And this is kind of <laughs> – this is another side of her coming out, coming to the forefront, and it's impossible to ignore. It's like – and looking at it from the kid's perspective, it's how terrifying is that? No, it's it's incredibly terrifying. The thing is, this isn't this isn't grief stricken. This is psychopathic. You are taking this way too literally, though. It's it's not literally everything that you do, everything, every way in which you act. If you're experiencing grief, it's these emotions that come about as a result of grief manifesting themselves in this supernatural way. No, no, it's, these it's, are literally every single way that you would act if you are grieving no, and and that that's fine it's there is, is she is she there. that's what i'm understanding is she possessed right now or is she grief stricken it's a uncomfortable mishmash of the two there those are those are uh intermixed with one another you can't separate them that's the point no, the the movie though doesn't doesn't it you know it's not giving me w- one thing or the other it's it's trying to force both and it's not developing either. 
it, it it develops both the well okay it doesn't i'll give you it doesn't develop the supernatural element good that's the least interesting part of it the the interesting part of it is the part that's relevant to people in the real world like they're obviously not going to become possessed by a supernatural entity known as the babadook that comes out of nowhere but <laughs> like, <laughs> it's what the babadook reveals about these characters that i enjoy and respond to and i'm really happy we're getting into this part of the movie because i think this is where our main uh disagreement about the movie really comes to the fore yeah i don't know oh back to the big bad wolf um oh yeah just... <laughs> yep. wolf in sheep's clothing now um mm-hmm. i don't know see it's uh it's symbolic <laughs> The the dead kid uh, was oh my god of, that's all my that hopes cut, and dreams that cut <laughs> that cut affects me every time though yeah where it's just like oh nothing I and she looks over no, and her kid's like murdered I love that there's no music cue for it the the child mm-hmm. mu- the music from the cartoon continues to play over it at first it just it cuts and it's still playing and it just seems so matter of fact I'm just it jars me every time hmm this puppy so cute. So Shame what happens. So cute. Uh, oh wait, wait, what's gonna happen? <laughs> oh. I, I, I honestly, you got a more genuine performance out of a dog right there than you did out of the fucking kid. <laughs> Actually, I will agree with you. This director, uh, Jennifer Gankin, uh, can direct dogs. <laughs> she can, she can direct the, the shit out of dogs. This is her. She gets into these like bouts of rage and then follows it up with this apo- apologetic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first time. We, oh, eat shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, and then it's like, oh, I have these uh, a- angry bout where I lock you in the house and cut off all forms of communication. <laughs> and, and brandish a knife in front of your face. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Here's some ice cream. Uh, uh, seriously, what is on TV? <laughs> I think, see, this is, I think that's hilarious. I think it's a joke. Uh, I don't know. It's comedic. It reminds me of, uh, have you, uh, episodes of Louie, where he's just, like, flipping through the channels late at night, and, the, like, it just becomes more and more surreal, and so you get to newscasters who are just like, <laughs> it's like, yes, oh. the press conference will take place at noon today, and I want the mayor to rub his face all over my nipples. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about this news where... The, I, am. I am. Yeah. But it's obviously not that extreme, but the delivery... <laughs> <laughs> that he was celebrating his birthday today. Yeah. It's, it's like, comical. Oh. I mean, I, I, I laughed. <laughs> well, and, and you knew before that that the birthday the sam's birthday was yep, yep. uh very, very it's very close to this date so yeah it's like oh um uh she's basically this whole time she's told what this this effect is going to have on her um and then in a very honestly the newscast was pretty was pretty good as far as movie scares go um you know it was I, <laughs> it was the delivery that kind of made me chortle showing the face in the in the corner uh-huh. Well, and, and I don't know. There's just something so <laughs> hearing a matter of fact voice just read that horrible news in that way just kind of <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. 
Yeah, it's one of those things that kind of comes. Neighbors say TV. he was celebrating his birthday today. In other news, uh... <laughs> it's a shame. Yeah, mm, what a shame. Move on. How did you feel about how, how did you feel about this scene in the basement? Here's how I felt about that scene. How fucking attractive is that guy? But uh, he's he's a fox, man. I know. He shows up I, and I, I was like, holy I, I shit, S.C. Davis, you got you got robbed. But that is this is like oh, and the lighting was little... definitely like ooh. But yeah, he's got this it's nice little... beard and yeah, uh, he's got this little anime eyed bastard to deal with. <laughs> I'm surprised, honestly. I'm I'm a little surprised they didn't have her show any sort of resentment um, to to his dying. Um, I'm and I'm not saying I wanted that to happen, but I'm surprised that it didn't go that route. To say you you know resentment, you left me. Like, toward the... Wait, oh, no to... resentment toward her husband. You left oh, me with this oh, uh, burden, oh. this responsibility. Oh, I wanted oh. you to be there. Yeah. No, that would be terrible. That no, no. No, no. I, I'm not saying I wanted it to. I'm saying I'm surprised it didn't go there. I'm happy it didn't. I'm like overly happy. This scene terrifies me. Oh yeah. Bring when, me the boy. When the I mean, you know it's you know it's a false front the whole time, but just when the lights go down, there's no music. His voice gets lowered. His yeah. Voice gets, you can bring me the boy. You could bring me the boy. Uh, what what and, did what did he say at the end? I never hear that last line. Is it? I think it's kind of right. Oh, uh, I didn't catch I it. Think, Sorry. Oh, we were talking over. It. It's okay. I've never been able to. I, I, I should just put subtitles on over. It. We really shouldn't talk I'm, over the movie in a commentary track. That's a little. Uh... Yeah. I'm, <laughs> that is our that is our podcast. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're now literally talking during the movie. Oh. Man, I didn't, I didn't even catch that before. Didn't the Babadook already get inside you? That's the okay. thing. It's not a literal. Oh, now she's possessed. Oh, yeah, I guess I like, this is this is the closest we get. Well, oh, not not right now. It's it's coming up. This is the closest yeah. we get to that. Um, but I'm more interested in the development you have to get to to reach this point. I love that. I love when she, I love her reaction when the hat drops. She's like, "Oh God." And <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> it's just coming down. There's not really much. I to love do it. It's about like. It. It's, it's, it's like scared. It's like half scared, half exhausted. Just like, oh, not again. Yeah, no. And Essie Davis, just damn, she's so good in this to be able to portray she's those phenomenal. those emotions at, at the same she's time. Phenomenal. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. The creepy, creepy Babadook is back. Oh, yeah, this was a foreshadowed in the book. Yeah, her sort of presence over the wings spreaded, wings spreaded yep. uh, Babadook. Um, yep. And her sort of standing up there. The one the thing about stock dinosaurs for me is the sound effects. Oh my god! It, it's really uh, immer- it's, a breaking it's, immersion. It's like I know it's not. For, I don't think it's actually from Jurassic Park, but that's just the first thing it I heard. It sounds I like of. it. Yeah, they stock like dinosaur sounds. Oh just... my god! <laughs> I'm. And I, look, they had a limited budget on this, and I totally understand you can't get Ben Burt to come and discover new sounds for you. Um, and I get what they were going for, but man, some some more original, non-stock sound clips would have really helped. Yeah. I... Okay, so this dog. I said I was going to talk about the dog. Said this yeah, death. I... 
This dog, she's gonna kill a dog, guys. Guys, uh, sorry to ruin the suspense. Um, and it's it does not work for me um, because it's it's awful um, for one, and it's it's awful in a way. And again, it goes back to this thing where how literally am I supposed to take the Babadook? There's no way. Is it in in her fit of grief? Does she break the dog's neck? How does she explain this later on in life? It's like, oh well, I got. It was just like the car crash. Oh, well, I got really sad, and I just broke my dog's neck. Uh, it, it, it doesn't okay, play. No, you are interpreting that car crash all wrong, man. It's it, it's just as much about the just amount of shit on her shoulders, the amount of things she's juggling in her life. Oh, and I just had to kill it my dog. To no, okay, the dog, I'm not... The dog, I think, if anything, is maybe a reference to, to horror... Uh, I guess horror preconceptions about horror and what horror films do and like do you or don't you kill the, you kind of know which what kind of horror film you're in about regarding if you just what it does with the dog they kill the dog yeah um yeah. I agree with you it's senseless I mean the dog is there to be killed that's yeah. that's it, what it, and it, and it, it doesn't she doesn't have any sort and, of and, like in and, other uh huh. I was gonna. Oh well, in in other parts in this movie, when she does something horrible, she has this moment where she has to deal with the fact that she's done that, and they never she never happens with the dog because she goes to this bed with her son, and that becomes a focus. But you fucking murdered a dog. I mean, is there? It, it, it's true. I mean, is there any significance also to pulling her tooth out? I, I not that I could think of. <laughs> I, I look look. I I bring these up, and I I am always I preface it by saying I, I'm really sorry if there is a meaning there that I'm that is lost on me, and I'm totally open to hearing it. But mm -hmm. both of those things, the dog and the tooth, are just they're there to to scare me. But mm -hmm. it's just trying so hard. Like they're there for no other reason. It's trying so hard just to Dude, get. I reaction in, out in of these scenes like she's like let me in sorry to cut you off do you think her, does her voice sound edited at all or is she making changing her voice that way it sounds edited i would not be surprised if essie Davis was that was that great of an actress that she's doing that herself but they're probably edited well i know the scream was edited but when she's like let no no, no not, the, not the scream, like the actual let me in yeah and i think she does stuff like that before oh the shining right here Oh, yep. Oh, that was sad. I love his little mousy voice. Oh, right here. Here it is. This is where I actually think the kid becomes an actor. I just want to bash your brains in. I want to yeah. bash him right the uh, fuck uh, uh, in. Uh. Yeah, sorry. I know it's not they're they're not exactly the lines there, but it's the same concept, and exactly. it's in a spot where he is sort of he's gone mad, she's gone mad, and let's talk about bashing people's brains in. And this is where we get into a remake of Home Alone. Yeah, we got a little Macaulay Culkin going on here. No, I I do though. I I want to actually defend uh Samuel in these like these scenes. And I I, I can honestly I can. Completely join you in that defense, but go on. He, he he really does just. I mean, he turns his acting on. No, he Scoop McNary's this completely. He He's Scoop like, McNary's this totally. He he was subpar to say the least throughout the most of the movie, and then in these scenes, he actually shows some depth and talent. Um, 
Yeah, the thing is, I know why this kid was cast. He's just got such a unique face. Oh, it, it emotes is, everything. This is one of my favorite scenes. Well, this is my favorite scene with the old lady, where she. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she if she, the old lady has picked up on the fact that there's some shit happening because there's been screaming and things like that. She just comes over very sincerely and says, I love you both. I would do anything for you. And it's this very genuine emotional moment that you you would expect would have some sort of effect on her, but it doesn't seem like it does. Because <laughs> she goes back to hug her child, but it's clearly a ruse that her son picks up on. Um, I'm still just happy. No, look, I'm just happy she wasn't the Scatman Crothers in this movie. Um, what do you mean? I'm, the reference is oh, lost uh, on me. Dick Halloran in The Shining. Oh, okay, yes. The guy who comes to check, he senses something's wrong, comes over to make sure everything's okay, gets axed by Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yes, very good. And, and I am happy that she didn't, that this moment of of true genuine emotion didn't just sway Essie Davis out of the Babadook uh, or the Babadook out yeah. of Essie Davis. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> the power of love fixed everything. <laughs> yes. Uh, I appreciate it for not going that incredible, incredibly stupid route. No, uh, it's it's handled well. I think it's, I think it's nice just having her as this as a presence in this movie, um, even though yeah, plot wise it's inconsequential. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I like, that was really my like, point. It, it's honestly, it, it it was inconsequential plot wise, and I didn't really, I didn't really think it was consequential like dramatically either. It's. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. They, they don't. They end up do forming a sort of a closer relationship, but it doesn't seem like oh, it was built out of this one scene. I, I love that character though. I, I, I yeah, I love the inclusion of the old na- old lady neighbor character. And mind you, she's literally the only. Uh, she's literally the only character who this family can really lean on and and who loves them. Oh, and here's the, the more little more Home Alone. We had a little detour, but we're back. Of course, of course. Home Alone lost in the basement. God, she falls so fucking hard. I forget that jars me every time. She's um, like, yep. boom. And God. this is the closest thing to an exorcist scene that this movie has to offer. Um, uh, it's pretty effective. It's yeah. A good exorcist scene. Well, I don't know. You talked about she's never like literally possessed, but at the end of the scene, she vomits up the Babadook. It's like, okay, no, I said that there's never a point where it's like, oh, now she's possessed. Now, like, the, she was fine before, and now this thing possessed her, and now she's doing bad things. She wasn't fine before, simple. I will say that, but I think it's that, that scene simple. that we just it's saw never, was she's it's possessed. It's never so black and white. It's never so black and white. That was the point. I lo- See, this is a sweet scene. The kid, just, he will not leave her. He refuses to believe that his mo- mother is gone. Yep. There, there's a, honestly a very similar scene in The Conjuring, and almost in terms of like trying to pull someone, trying to get someone to fight a possession from within, this might even be better than that. As much as I love The Conjuring, I think if it you're is. just looking I... at that nugget, uh, you know, oh yeah, you you've seen The Conjuring with me when uh, the climactic scene where he's saying, you know, fight fight it, you're stronger than this, this is your daughter, uh, that kind of thing. You know, don't kill your daughter. Yeah. No, there's something um, so sweet the scene i mean it's ter- it's terrifying it's simultaneously sweet and kind of heartwarming or, and er, terrifying and kind of heartwarming yeah 
Very true. Uh, and no, because <laughs> it foreshadowed it earlier, him stroking her cheek when he was showing her a magic trick. And then that's what he does here to make her stop choking her. To make her stop choking him, I should say. No, I never noticed how many, how few times that these two characters are actually in the same frame in which you can both see their face. You can see both their faces. It's, it doesn't like, happen you, very since often. You, since you brought it up that they're not, they were often shot apart. Yep. Yep. I, I honestly wondered too if that last part was <laughs> when she sort of throws him off. I, I think that may have been like a not a real actor. <laughs> Yeah, that she threw off her. That's fine. At least it wasn't. It wasn't like American Sniper bad. Oh, God! <laughs> you couldn't get a baby. <laughs> couldn't get uh. a fucking baby. Anyone have have this guy? Have Bradley Cooper hold my baby? No, it, she. He definitely scooping nerds. This is really touching. God, I know. No, I know. And God, like I, like I said, I know why this kid was chosen. He emotes so well. There's not... If he's feeling an emotion even a little bit, it just beams off his face. <laughs> oh, just for context, uh, on Netflix, there's a movie called Monsters. Give it a watch. It's interesting. I like it. Um, and it's there's okay. an actor, lead actor, Scoot McNary, is mostly not very good and then in one of the final scenes, he just he, oh, man. like a, like a switch turns his acting on, um, and 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 he acts so hard. He shows up in Twelve Years a Slave and Gone Girl, and uh, pretty much every movie that me and James have seen in the last two years. Yeah. Well, and that's the that's the thing with him. In in those movies, he's in it for like a scene, uh, and that's pretty much what his range is. He can do a scene, uh, like and he can do a scene as good as anyone. All right, back to this kid getting beat the fuck yeah, out we, of. Yeah, we should we should talk about the actual crazy <laughs> demon who is destroying this child. Yes, and this this scene, I I liked this scene as a climax. I did, I, I liked it a lot. You so, said it was uh, you said it was cheesy. It, it is cheesy. I it's to not that I confront you about. <laughs> no, it's it's not that I it's not that I uh, don't like it because it's cheesy. I just recognize that it is cheesy. Uh, just like, you know, how I said the scene in The Conjuring, like, you know, pulling him out. That scene was cheesy, too, because she's, this is your daughter. But, and then he's like, and he says something like, I condemn you back to hell. Um, and this scene, Yeah. But this is her, uh, this is her standing up, to, like, m demanding to maintain order over her house, regardless of whatever is plaguing her yeah it's, it's really it's, valiant yep it is a it is a character uh, it is a very strong character scene of character development and, and come on she she has to say no to that fucking beautiful man even though he's, he's look just... at that guy like that he's Essie <laughs> davis scored and then uh god just uh said nope uh Oh, I, I did. I, when I saw that though, I was like, "Is that what happened in the car accident?" In the car, it did not. Did his head get like cut that? in half? Because <laughs> that is that is brutal. <laughs> um, so I I didn't understand that, but it's not that it was. It, I I thought that was more of a, uh, ooh, it's gonna freak you out with the audience rather than her, but 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, a bit. That doesn't stand out to me as one of the big moments, but we've talked about enough about, you know, this movie definitely does try to pull those over, you know, uh, oh, you know, saying boo a few too many times. Yeah. The, these lines are great. The stock dinosaur sounds need to go. Um, they do. They certainly do. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if Jennifer, I don't know how much influence Jennifer Kent had over that, but she should have had more. <laughs> I just, I think it was a budget thing. I, that's my guess. It was probably they did not have the budget to create these new organic sounds because they are stock sound effects. I believe they're from uh, Resident Evil before this. They were in the Resident Evil movies. Um, that's fine. Use the stock sounds you want. Just take out that dinosaur. Take out the dinosaur. No, and this that was, uh, to me, the, the cheesiest line in this. You're trespassing in my house. Like... I love that line. I love that line. I don't think it's cheesy at all. Okay. Okay, if it, I, I could give you that one, the "if you touch my son again, I'll fucking kill you," is, I, I they should have stopped the, with your trespassing in my house because I could have got over that. But if you touch my son again, I'll kill you. Kill what? How are you gonna kill it? What are you gonna do? It doesn't matter. Just... That's the point of that line. It doesn't no. matter. No, I'm not. I'm not asking her to to lay out a plan to murder the Babadook. But I'm saying, what are you trying to accomplish by saying this? illustrates her does it illustrate it any better than the previous lines her. yes because she's threatening to kill it's 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 this insane thing of threatening to kill this entity and it, yeah you can't kill it it doesn't matter she's defending her son she will not let anything hurt it she doesn't care she will kill what you can't kill what's not even alive it, it doesn't matter to her i think it's a great I, line i i, I think all I think every single bit of that speech is wonderful. Uh, it doesn't. Not, ha- uh... It does not have to be logical. It doesn't have to make sense. She doesn't have to literally n- be able to kill it. She. No, I, she does. I'm not saying she does. I just don't think that line adds anything to what she had already said, oh, and I think what she already said was strong enough. And, and I think the fact that it is nonsensical adds to that speech. That's. I, I think it, that's the point. But. Yeah. I don't, it, I don't think. I I don't think. Scene should scene should have ended before this. The Babadook goes down in the basement. It never should have gone down in the basement. It should have stopped right when it dropped down. Right, that I was think, really her moment of I, defeating it. No, I think that's okay too. I think what ensues didn't need to happen. So it's like to you, no. this is a constant downhill progression. Um. For me, it's literally this diseased limb at the very end of this movie that I think could have out entirely. This noxious <laughs> branch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we had said it. Sometimes you just gotta end your film 90 seconds earlier, and I think it would have worked. I, I think it would have worked better if the Babadook had never gone down to the basement. With all. I get that the basement has significance because it's where she nope. keeps all this nope. stuff, it, and if the Babadook is representing her grief. That's where I it did. came from. That's where it came from. That's where it goes back to. I, I think that's great. Uh, I don't... I, I'm with you on the ending, though. The very ending. I'm, I am completely... I, I am in love with the climax. I think it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful climax to the movie. A wonderful way to resolve it. What ensues afterward is... Ensues out. What, what ensues does not... Suspect. Uh, yeah. And this is the thing that maybe... With, on her character, maybe this is evidence that they had formed a much closer bond, and 
I like that. She's so sweet. This old lady, man, I hope she gets more money from somewhere, uh, another role, so, because I, I loved her, even if even if she doesn't have much range, but... Oh, I love her, too. I, 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 I felt that also, um, but it is a little... It's hard to know what to do with it. <laughs> yes. It's, she almost doesn't have a place in this movie, but God, I'm just happy she's there. Yep. Yeah, she was a nice little, like, bre- you know, breath of fresh air every now and then. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I that was pretty significant. I didn't know that she had never celebrated his his birthday on his birthday um, until the end scene. It's a good touch. Yeah, I, I almost wish I knew that before, <laughs> but it's not that it's that important. That doesn't add it. I mean... <laughs> It adds something, but I don't think you needed it before. It doesn't... Yeah. You already kind of got that sense of guilt. This is, like, really conflicted emotion. It's it's his birthday and also her husband's death day. Mm-hmm. It's the anniversary. Oh, and here we are. This is the diseased limb that Mike was talking about. And this is, as I said before, an unconventional horror film... And this is it falling into the pitfalls of very conventional horror films. So I can't. So many horror films are ended, are, are ruined almost by the ending, and and this ending to me it, makes it, everything. It, that, it makes everything that I talked about before so much more significant because it's trying to take the Babadook literally. It, yeah, this is the thing. This ruins the messiness that I was so fond of from earlier, where I can't really give you an answer. How much is literal? How much is an actual creature? And how much is just a product of her grief and mm-hmm. and mourning <laughs> this this undermines all of that it's uh... so I what get, she's doing I get she's going my... down to the basement to feed the babadook worms and dirt um i don't mm. know why it eats worms and dirt yeah it's just uh, evil so it eats worms and dirt i okay yeah. look i before I, I want to say i understand the symbolic significance of this the reason it's in this movie it's illustrating that you don't – you can be as resilient as you want as S.E. Davis was in that climax. It doesn't – grief doesn't die or go away. It persists. It's it's up to you to keep it in check, to confront it, to quell <laughs> and it. And she does the Matrix. And uh, to live with right it. Here? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, she bullet times the Babadook. And yes. – uh, and and look, that's a great idea, and it's very true about grief. Mm-hmm. The way it's illustrated here is just comically literal. That I don't, I I don't know how else it could have been addressed, and I get the point of it, but it doesn't. It it does undermine for me the way that this was portrayed in the rest of the movie. This the idea of it being this intangible idea mm-hmm. of no, a creature it, it's like it more for me it more than just undermines it like it calls it all into question i was i was saying and that's why those things like oh wait did she kill the dog out of grief or did she kill was if she was because she was possessed that's it, it makes those questions more valid this isn't a for me it's not like uh this ruins the the rest of the movie for me it, it, or it doesn't this isn't like a nymphomaniac moment where I think it's like literally made mood of everything that came before. It just is an unnecessary add-on that I do think undermines some of the purpose of the earlier scenes. Okay, how the fuck does he do this? <laughs> oh man, if I, this actually freaks me out more than anything else in the movie. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't, this is one of those things I, I like the tooth pulling out that, you know, I don't really understand the significance, but, um, uh, uh it's it still like, actually, if the kid's actually magic the whole time. Oh, shit. Although I do love, I honestly, it's, to me, it's funny because of Essie Davis's reaction. She's like, that's great. And I'm just Why like, yeah. yeah, she like, doesn't even care that that's, uh, uh, the kid's probably just. Revealing to her that he's magic. I love his. I love his. She's like, I've seen the, she's like I've seen the Babadook. I you can't. I, I don't even care. I don't care what kind of demonic hell spawn you are. <laughs> I, I love his victory dance. That was one of his scooby moments. Where... Well, that's a, yeah. That's a good. Like that's a, totally what a kid would do if he pulled off. Yeah, he's like, oh, I fucking fooled you. Or he's I've... like, oh, I fucking brought this pigeon back from hell. Uh... I've ever told you one of my biggest fears is like kids with magic powers. Oh, well here we go. No, like I... well, this scene actually scares me. I <laughs> and yeah, uh, good credit <laughs> sequence. They, they don't have they don't have control over. They don't have a concept of their powers, so it's just it it's irrational and it, they don't have to make any sense. It scares me anyway. Mm. Um, Writer director Jennifer Kent. No. Uh, so as I said, this was good. I didn't. I don't think it's. I think it's pretty hyperbole. Did did it did it improve for you on subsequent viewings though? Um, yeah. You know, uh, second watch through, I was able to appreciate a lot of this, a lot of the uh, subtleties early on. I just and, and I was. I the thing is, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I can overlook that stuff I had. But then the ending happened, and it's like now I can't overlook it. Uh, see, the ending is. A, an anomaly for me i don't i can mm-hmm. ignore it i can and also for me i can almost i don't like it but i can rationalize it you know i know why it's there i know its purpose i know what it's doing so i i can rationalize it even though i think it's best left unset i don't think it's best left out of the movie but my my question to you would be could they have done that simply by uh letting it go down into the basement you know not and not coming back to it that's what I think would that's why I think it would have been great to cut there I, I think it's good that it went down mm-hmm. to the basement it goes where it originated and it kind of implies yeah this thing is attached to these air you know these heirlooms that you keep from your dead husband it doesn't mm-hmm. go away it's always it's always there it's always attached to them but you know For- what you you've you've quelled it you've uh you've stood up to it and it's it's in check now i think that was communicated pretty well i didn't need mm-hmm. the super literal finale but for me i would have liked it better you know I, I said i didn't want it to go down to the basement and i only say that because the climax had felt over at that point and then it's like oh i'm back up and i go down to the basement and it almost it did so out of necessity so it could set up that very idea you're talking about and it's almost like why wouldn't you just have the maybe have the climax happen in the basement? She defeats the Babadook in the basement, and then it drops I, I, down, I, and then she leaves. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really get that. I thought the the retreating was that the result of the climax. It just it retreats. I like the mm-hmm. idea of it retreating. It it has been it has been not defeated, but it's been diminished. I liked it. I, I that scene flowed for me. I, it yeah. didn't. Yeah. That didn't seem out of place or jarring. Didn't seem too out of place. I don't know. We we did it. We didn't have any uh, bl- blank space or that I totally recall. So yeah, that's good. Uh, we only we only uh, diverged a little bit. Yeah, we're probably going to post this. And uh, okay. so if you guys yeah, watch the, this movie, glad. Yeah, the technical glitch in the middle is probably the only bit to get around, but. 
Uh, other than that, I, I'm proud. I'm, we did it. Good job. Okay, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to have a pretty standard episode next time because, man, the commentary we're, tracks are... Uh, they're, they're, they're rough. They're, they're a lot of work, but I, uh, I, I like you it. Know, so. it's, it's hard to find things to talk about for next week, but you know, I do. there is a little tiny movie coming out. I think people might have heard of it. Uh, it's called you know, it's... Avengers? Yeah, oh, I thought, Avengers. I thought it was the other Age of movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's a common mistake. I know everyone wants to see Age of Adeline, but... I... Age of Adeline, yeah, not Age yeah, of Ultron. I, 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 I don't think know it's what important. I think it's important that we address... That we direct people to the movie Age of Ultron. Um, okay, happens. that's fair. I guess we'll talk about it. Um, I do think it's relevant to talk about. So, you know, sorry, guys. I know you wanted to... A different movie, but and then uh, Mike is gonna start is gonna do his bit of our segment, which we are renaming. It's no longer gonna be the mouthful that is best of the worst or worst of the best. Yeah, uh, no, we, we've uh, came up with a much snappier title. Mm-hmm. On the contrary. Uh, indeed. So Mike is gonna go on the contrary and explain to you why uh, you definitely should not hate uh, AI, artificial intelligence, the uh, mega production uh, originated by Stanley Kubrick and ultimately directed by his friend Steven Spielberg uh, came out in 2001, two years after Kubrick's death. It's a one. It's a totally underappreciated masterpiece in a lot of circles, uh, and I cannot wait to uh, stand up for it and defend it. And James, you gotta see that movie, man. Yeah, I have not seen it, so I'm. And Mike, Mike wants me to hate it. I'll do my best. Uh... <laughs> I do. I think it. I. I cannot. I want an argument to happen. But you know what? If he loves it, all the better. Because I think more people should give that movie a little bit more thought and consideration than is usually given to it. Yeah. Okay. It is uh, really late, so yeah. Go to bed. We're gonna finish this <laughs> podcast. And want to thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. It's gonna be a great show.